Welcome to the Spirit Lake Wellness Podcast, hosted by Dr. John Ewing, addiction medicine physician. Today, Dr. Ewing is joined by Kathy Kocher, a licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Dave Nelson, a naturopath, licensed professional counselor and hypnotherapist, and Dr. Thomas Hayes, a licensed clinical psychologist. This is part two in our series of end-of-life care. Today, we focus on spirituality and compassion. Well, earlier, David mentioned, you know, this uh, just, just mentioned spiritual aspect. Um, I, I, I recall seeing a couple, this is many, many years ago, seeing a couple, and uh, she would go to church on Sunday morning, and he would go hunting or hiking or so it was it was a, a middle winter and he went out ice fishing and she went to church grumbling of course because this heathen is going to hell or whatever and uh, he fell through the ice and um, he was talking about the experience. So Sunday morning is supposed to be in church. He falls through the ice. How does his wife interpret that? See, God got you for not being where you're at. And he said it's just the opposite. It felt so close to God, and I felt so alive. Mm-hmm. It hurt, it stung, but every molecule in my entire, every cell in my entire body was was shrieking and alive. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I couldn't disagree with him, so of course, probably got fired at that moment. Nope. But, nope. but uh, you know, we put, we put our spirituality, we put our God in the box, and, yep. you know, yep. Whip religion out of it. What 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 is you know? It reminded me when John was talking about uh, hope and happiness, and and what do you you know? What is your hope and where where, you know where do you where do you decide to take that? It's going to be completely different for Kathy than it would be for, you know, Doctor John or Doctor Dave. But 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 it'll be yours. It's yes. all yours. Yes, exactly. Um, and well, is- you can end up enthused. Uh, despite the suffering. Yeah. There's definitely been a spiritual component to this process. I mean, it mm-hmm. finally hones when you realize, I mean, we're all dying from the moment we're born. Anyway. But it's really kind of put a fine point for me of, you know, what is my belief system? I don't belong to a church. I don't regularly attend a church. I, I am a very spiritual person. I talk to the universe a lot. Um, I have learned over the years that when I ask for something, I will get it. So I need to be careful what I'm asking for because the universe has a finely honed sense of irony. Uh, two examples. One, I was feeling sorry for myself one night and I was just, oh, I'm so lonely. Nobody loves me. I just want someone that lo- a man that loves me that can give me a foot massage. And I went to bed. The next morning, there was a text on my phone from my best friend, who's a man who loves me, and I love him, saying, hey, I found this foot massager in my closet. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, and have I got a story to share with you? Wow. <laughs> I, cool. I use it every day. It's the most amazing thing ever the universe provided. Hi, that's good. Consequently, I was having some negative thoughts, and the universe provided yeah. I, I challenged the universe. I said, well, what, what else could go wrong? And the universe said, well, we've got a list. and Let's show you. <laughs> so now I say, this was not good. It's going to get better now. And I feel very connected with that aspect of my life and very appreciative of it. And I don't know how to codify that into a structure. I, I've 
went to a, a church service once, can't remember what denomination it was, and the pastor was talking about spirituality and religion. And the metaphor he used was spirituality is jello, religion is the mold. And I thought, okay, religion is the structure for the spirituality. And I think, you know, I did a lot of church shopping when I was younger. And I, I think I have a sense of structure. But there's nothing out there that really, that I, that I don't find things to disagree with. And then I have distractions. Mm. So just kind of, just kind of hang and do my thing. I, I feel like when I, when I do transition, when I do die, um, I'm going to know the answers. Mm. All the stuff that we don't know right now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to know. Mm. That's kind of cool. Um, I'm also going to know and think and see and perceive and all my senses are going to be completely different because I'm not going to be in what I once referred to as a meat sack. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so all that way of input is going to be completely different. You know, I kind of look, I'm not going to say I look forward to it, but I don't see it as horrible. I, I also remember giving birth and in the process of labor and delivery, which I'm assuming none of you three have had. Um, there was a point in time where I had the very conscious realization that whatever was going to happen was going to happen, whether I wanted it to or not. Mm -hmm. I had absolutely no control. I was basically just along for the ride as this watermelon-sized entity was leaving my body in a way that I did not think was possible. And afterwards, I reflected back and I thought, I bet that's like what dying is like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it was that sense of this is natural. I'm just I'm just along for the ride. Right. So I hold those things around, you know, the, the looking forward to death and dying, not looking forward to it, but just looking forward to that process. Mm -hmm. And I have the gift of time. Mm -hmm. So you know, having a lot of conversations with family and friends. And I've come to realize that somehow in this life, I have um I have developed really good friendships with people that are really good people mm -hmm. that, that want to help out, that want to offer to give me a ride somewhere, that want to come over and visit. And, and that's, that's pretty special because for most of my life, I did not believe that people would feel that way about me. So I'm going to cry now because that was, <laughs> that's been such a beautiful, mm -hmm. a beautiful gift of all of this that I am lovable and I am likable. And mm -hmm. okay, so my mom had issues and didn't feel the same way. That doesn't mean she was right. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm enough. I had it tattooed on my wrist, so I wouldn't forget. So it's, it's, um, it's a blessing in a way. What you're doing is, a, I call adapting to weather patterns very well. <laughs> We're, 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 you know, if we stop looking at ourselves, uh, look at, you know, meat sack, but uh, we, we tend to look at ourselves as car parts sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, if we take a look at ourselves, our body or whatnot as weather patterns and what, whatever flows through us, we simply are making adaptations to the weather. We don't control the weather. Yeah. We have to make an adaptation in order to weather the storm. Sometimes the storm is going to last longer than others. But the storm is going to pass because that's because everything's impermanent. That's the law of nature is change, always change. We, that we have no control over. Because when you really take a look at it for, for my spiritual journey, I'm not what changes. I'm the change itself. It's a little bit of a subtle difference. I'm not, I'm not, I don't identify or over-identify with this meat sack. 
with, with, with this corpse that I'm dragging around. You know, it's I'm identifying with change itself, with the impermanence. And it's a real subtle shift. It's a way, you know, that's just part of my spirituality as I've gone through things. If that can be helpful, uh, I decided to share that. Because I've been known to step outside the box a little bit, and people look at you like, what are you doing now, David? I've, I've come to realize just like there's, there's um, you know, we all have our little phone, and we have Siri inside there. There's really no Siri inside this phone, right, inside our smartphones. There's really no Dave inside here either. That's just, we're just a, a, a part of a weather pattern that exists for a period of time. And then we, like a whirlpool, we just sort of go back to the ocean. And so many things we do to distract from the transience of this existence. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm right. walking, I live in a three bedroom house with an unfinished basement. There is not a corner that is not filled with something, not in a hoarding sense, right. but in an acquisition sense. I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of things mm-hmm. I like to do. I walk around here and it's like, I don't need that. I don't yeah. need that. Yeah. I don't, I got a, a, a wall of books. I don't need them. I can look it up on Google. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and so how do I, how do I start getting rid of some of these things, which is something I can control, right. which is important in a way that doesn't trigger all my mental health professional friends to say, oh, she's giving things away. Is she suicidal? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm really legit trying to just control when I can. And it makes me happy to know um, I gave a bunch of adult coloring books and, and colored pencils to a woman the other day, and she just was glowing. Sure. It makes me happy. Right. You know? We become most alive when we give. You know, yeah. What we really yeah. Do. yeah. Yeah. I've got cage yeah. matches scheduled for who gets a foot massager. <laughs> you that up anytime soon. <laughs> well, I find your, I find inspiration in your message, in, in, in your, um, the, the journey is more important than the destination. And once I get to the destination, I'll know more. Um, and and more than likely, I'll look back and just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember when that was a hassle. Um, and, and, yeah, walls of books suddenly, or, or foot massagers even, uh, suddenly take on different meaning. But it, it, it's it gets to be you that defines the meeting that that's taking control uh self-control over what you can so as you steer uh what you choose to pay attention to um every day can it's a possibility every day can take on more importance or more meaning than it would have under under different circumstances uh you get to you get to control that. You get to move that. And the things that make me happy are more important. I I live in a community where we have a beautiful public garden space and we have an indoor conservancy. And I go there once. I always went there once a week, and that's been a little harder to do um, because when I take a pain med, I don't particularly want to drive. Um, so I kind of. You know, but I but I schedule it. I went today. Someone came and said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to go to Oberg Gardens," and so we did, and it was awesome, and it made me happy. And they have lots of places to sit, and so we did a lot of visiting, and it was just really joyful. Um, and finding those things because what I don't want to do is sit on my couch and watch reruns of cooking shows or Walker Texas Ranger or you know things like that. 
Walker, Ranger has the recipes. <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> I'm not dissing either of those. It's just like uh, I want to be real. I want to get out. I want to get outside. I want to feel green. I want to cut my yoga mat in half and go out and sit in the mud and and mm -hmm. spring earth and just be with nature again in a way that's very real. Paint can give us a sense of dread. Mm -hmm. And so I got curious one day and looked up, oh, what does that mean, dread? It means to advise against. Well, what thing in my head is advising me against this, you know? And, uh, yep, it's brain weasels. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so figuring out how to befriend them, uh, it's like, oh, okay, you're sad about this, or you're sad about that. And, oh, okay, you poor thing. How long have you suffered with this? And you can almost start doing therapy on your brain weasels. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, then there's this idea of being alone. And that actually comes directly from all one. You're, we are all one. And, oh, well, yeah. yeah, we are. It's inescapable. Yeah. Yeah. We are all one. We are all alone. That's right. All one. We're all just different waves on the ocean. Yeah. We're yeah. all the ocean. Yeah. yeah. So the beautiful thing about the brain weasels is that we're never isolated all by ourselves. We've always got company. Yes. Oh, Very entertaining. Especially if you learn how to make fun of them. But that connectedness is really important that connection with other people, the sharing of stories, the sharing of intention. I think that's probably one of the most valuable things in our lives is that connection with others yes. and creating opportunities for that to occur is so helpful. And we get afraid of rejection. We get afraid of, um, uh, somebody ridiculing us or, or you know, uh, not liking us. And sometimes we'll let that fear keep us away from the very connections that we want. And one thing that's interesting that really is beautiful about your story is that you're able to share your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And in sharing that vulnerability, that builds the connection, it opens the door for other people to, to connect with you at that feeling level. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you. I, mm -hmm. I wanted to, um, my hope in, in talking with you guys and doing this podcast or series of podcasts, however it plays out, is that this experience could maybe help somebody else trying mm -hmm. to change the meaning a little bit. Take it from something that's, you know, maybe scary, maybe overwhelming to something that might be helpful and useful. And I, I find myself talking about my experience in, in a, a step back objective way, which may be a little off putting. But if I don't do that, I'm just going to cry. And I and I gave myself permission to cry, to feel all the feels, to feel all the feels and, and just let them out when it happens. And 
I suspect some of my remarkable weight loss has been dehydration, but <laughs> but um, it's it's been an it's just been a really interesting experience to kind of be able to observe the the process and the emotion in in all of this, and um, again gratitude, tons and tons of gratitude for the people that are popping up in my life, you three included. Oh, thank you, Pretty thank awesome. you, Debbie. I often think of uh, pain, many, many negative emotions, but uh, pain or hurt can be a wonderful teacher. Yeah. can be a wonderful teacher. And, and oftentimes the lesson is, is love. The lesson yeah. is compassion. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the lesson is protection. I mean, you, you think of a, you know, two-year-old boy, how many lessons do they learn by pain? You know, oh, well, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, yes, I'm not going to attack the dog. It does bite back, and that hurts. And uh, gosh, um, but but I think as we get older, those lessons become uh, more difficult to perceive. Yeah. And the focus is on sensation. So is this something that I defend myself from, or is this something that I embrace? those being the poles, um, relationships often are, um, I've learned a lesson and that's never to trust another person for the rest of my life. Well, you've probably overlearned that and perhaps there's something a little bit more uh, 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 less dramatic. But as you share your story and you, you, you literally say, I want to take my pain and I want others to benefit from that, Ultimately, uh, that is going to happen. It, it, it already has. I'm speaking for myself. It, it, it's already happened. Um, and, and so it goes beyond just an, an inspiration. Mm -hmm. But uh, you leave a, a, a greater receptacle of love um, with with every dose you administer, which is kind of funny when we started with, you know, the whole pain and addiction, you know, is this dose okay? Well, you know, what dose of love isn't okay? You know. That's a really good point. I was at a funeral last weekend, uh, an uncle of mine passed, and it was a beautiful, beautiful testimony. The man had been involved in his church for over 30 years. He was well-liked. He was well-loved. Everyone knew him. So it was a very personal um, eulogy and homily. And one of the things that they said that just really struck me was love conquers death. And I thought, gosh, I sure hope that's true. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's, I think, one of the legacies I want to leave behind is I want um, my family to know how much I've loved them. So you know, I'm going to cry again. <laughs> well, it's okay. Crying is good. <laughs> it is. It's it's real. And it's what these bodies do. They cry and they and they cry and they they make us feel things that maybe we don't want to intellectually feel. Mm -hmm. And our, our body reminds us like uh Bessel van der Kolk, the body keeps the score, our bodies hold things. That's been interesting too, as 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 I've been going through it's like things are popping up from the past, and I'm like Okay, that's an opportunity to resolve that. That's a reach out 
to talk to somebody to make amends or do relationship repair. Not a lot of that, which I feel good about, but there's a few, there's a few. Um, but it's definitely a process. My takeaway uh, really is, is what am I connecting to the pain that isn't related to the pain? Oh, mm -hmm. And that's the, the fear and the, the looking forward negatively and the negative emotions. And I am a half hour before I can take medication. And normally this is a time when I am just squirming in my seat and really having a hard time. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ranking the pain right now. And it's like, this is pretty bearable. I'm not feeling like I need to sneak off and grab, grab a pill a half hour early. I'm, I think shifting what I'm attaching it to and just attending to what is the reality of what's happening in my body right now, as opposed to what my head is imposing on it. That separation is really helpful. But you're also attending to something outside of yourself. You're yes. attending to others that need to hear the message. You're, you're attending to broadening the meaning, um, yeah. not just in your life, but in, in, in other people's as well. It's something I learned from Dave years ago. It's kind of the put pain in the back seat and take it with you. That's, that's mm -hmm. how I summarize it. And um, uh, there are, I don't care what the emotion is, there are times where you're so concentrating on something else, particularly something not just enjoyable, because whiskey apparently is enjoyable, but but, but something that has a deep meaning, a deep purpose. And while the pain is there, you don't notice it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. The, the value of distractions. Mm -hmm. Well, but, but I think it goes beyond distraction. I can tap my fingers and be distracted. Um, and, and it works right until I stop tapping my fingers. But I mean, it's a great tool once in a while when... Um, when, when I need that at the dentist or something like that, but it's it's um, when you're when it's I understand the distraction, but when it's deeper, when it's more purposeful, how much pain if somebody came over right now and said we're going to the conservancy, you know, um, you might say wait wait a half hour till I take my pill, but chances are you may want to go now and worry about that later i mean i mean there are um there are important choices that that come with that and um i i just love your message on i'm looking at the value of of other people i mean mm -hmm. um, as i've gotten older those those connections have become more and more and more important to me Yes. Yeah, as I get older, I, I haven't talked to Dr. Ewing in a year, probably. Yet, when I think of him, there's all those fond memories of working clinic mm -hmm. with him and, and the, the people that uh, uh, we, we, we got to impact. And, and, and it's just uh, that that memory is, is almost as important as being face to face. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm done. Well, I think it's that common thread again of the, the relationships and the love mm -hmm. and the connection. Mm -hmm. It was good. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Spirit Like Wellness podcast. Spirit Like Wellness is a 501c3 dedicated to 
health and wellness education. Learn more at spiritlikewellness.org.